path to the back door was saturated with rain and would certainly have shown any footmarks. My examination showed me that I was dealing with a cautious and expert criminal, for there were no footmarks to be found on the path, but the grass verge was trodden down. And my inquiries proved that it could only have been trodden down by the murderer. Well, well, well. Now, these tracks on the grass, coming or going, or both? It was impossible to say. There was never any outline. Large footprints or small ones? I wasn't able to make them out. Well, it's been pouring with rain and blowing a hurricane ever since. It'll be harder to read tomorrow morning. Anything else? In the study, there's a desk, a bureau, and a cupboard. The professor assures me that nothing is missing, so it seems certain that robbery was not the murderer's aim. How about the wound on the body? The stab was on the right side of the neck and from behind, so that it's almost impossible it could have been self-inflicted. Unless he fell on the knife. E exactly. The idea crossed my mind, but the knife was some feet away, and there are the man's dying words. Hmm. But most important of all, the dead man had a small object tightly grasped in his right hand. Well, Watson, what do you make of these? The object was a pair of gold-rimmed spectacles, or more properly, a golden pince-nez, a type of glass which clip onto the bridge of the nose. From them hung two broken ends of black silk cord. Holmes examined the glasses with the greatest attention. He held them on his nose, he tried to read through them, he looked out of the window, and then he handed them back to Hopkins with a chuckle. Well, my dear Hopkins, wanted a woman of good address Attired like a lady, she has a remarkably thick nose with eyes that are set close upon either side of it, a puckered forehead, a peering expression, and probably rounded shoulders. As she has been to an optician at least twice during the last few months, it should be easy enough to trace her. But how did you find all that out? Simplicity itself. From their delicacy and the dying man's last words, I deduced they belong to a woman. Anybody who wore such expensive and elegant glasses would be pretty sure to be well-dressed. The width of the clips tells me she has a broad nose, and the position of the lens tells me that her eyes are set closely together. You will see that the glasses are of unusual strength. A lady whose vision is so contracted is sure to have the physical characteristics of such vision, the forehead, the eyelids, and shoulders. But how do you arrive at the double visit to the optician? Ah, the clips are lined with tiny bands of cork, one newer than the other, both comparatively new. They exactly correspond, so I presume that the lady went to the same optician for both. Well, Hopkins, if you've nothing more to tell me... I suggest we all turn in for the night. You'll be quite comfortable on this sofa, I believe, and in the morning we can make an early start. The gale had blown itself out next day, but it was a bitter morning when we started upon our journey. We saw the cold winter sun rise over the dreary marshes of the Thames and the long, sullen reaches of the river. Well, at last we reached the end of our journey. This is the garden path of which I told you, Mr. Holmes. Yeah, and which side were the marks on the grass verge? Uh, this side. Mm. Mm, you can't see them now, I'm afraid, but they were clear enough yesterday. Yes, 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 I can see someone has walked along it. The lady must have picked her way very carefully, mustn't she? It's not very wide. And you say she must have come back the same way? She must have done. There was no other way open to her. Mm, a remarkable performance, quite remarkable. One thing we can be sure of, the murder was not premeditated, or the lady would have brought some weapon with her, rather than picking up that paper knife off the desk. Well, let us go into the house. We entered the back door and advanced along the corridor to the door of the study. As the floor was covered with coconut matting, there was nothing to be learned from it. When we reached the study, Holmes conducted his usual thorough examination of the walls, floor, and furniture. Before the bureau, 
He paused. Hello. A scratch on the lock of this bureau. Uh, pray ring for the maid, will you, my dear Watson? Uh, why didn't you tell me about this, Hopkins? You'll always find scratches around a keyhole, surely. Yes, 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 but this is quite a recent one. Ah. Uh, did you ring, sir? Yes, I did. Uh, when was this room dusted last? Oh, uh, yesterday morning, sir. I did it myself. Did you notice this scratch? Uh, no, sir. I didn't. I'm sure you didn't. A duster would have swept away those shreds of varnish I can see through my glass. Who has the key to this bureau? The professor keeps it on his watch chain. It was in his bedroom with him at the time of the murder. Very good. We seem to be making a little progress. Our lady enters the room, advances to the bureau, and either opens it or tries to do so. While she's thus engaged, Willoughby Smith enters the room. In her hurry to withdraw the key, she makes this scratch near the lock. He seizes the intruder, and she is snatching up the nearest...